Welcome to Brain Machine Network. Dot com. What's up with you? What's going on? Let them know, hear my scrappy song. Turn the volume up, I suggest you to one slide request. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Twanda's Live Request. I'm Twanda, and I'm here with my co-host Nick. What up, Nick? What's going on, man? It's an ice cream truck outside my house. <laughs> of course, bro. That's Brooklyn. It's ice cream truck every day. Anyway, on this episode, we have a very, very, very special guest, a good friend of mine, Ian Carmel. What up, Ian? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. It's, it's really fun to be here. I'm, I'm excited about this. Word. And today we're going to talk about the, uh, the song LCD by LCD Sound System, Dance Yourself Clean. Yeah. So enjoy, enjoy the episode. All right. We can pause that. And then we can just like, we can just start talking regularly. Doesn't, we have to, we have to, we have to, we can, now we can just be supernatural about the shit. We can breathe. All right. Perfect. All right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just relax, yo. Bro, me and Nick were in a uh, we were in an acting class where the dude was just like, "All right, just take five deep breaths beforehand and just think through, and then start acting." And honestly, I think like I like the breathing meditation before more than I like the actual acting. Man, I I took acting classes in college because like I you know you don't know what you're gonna be, and I took an improv class, and that ended up getting me into comedy. But, uh, oh, wait, I think my mic might be too low. Hold on, let me adjust that. Sorry, oh, this is all happening on the podcast. All right, there we go. I think I'm better. Uh, so, like, I took this acting class, and so much of it is just, like, getting about your, your body and your mind in the right place. Like, we would start class by, like, laying on the ground and just, like, breathing for five minutes. And then you would do a thing where, like, you find your scene partner and you just, like, stare into each other's eyes. Yeah, I've done that. Like, it was a Marina Abramovich, like, art installation. And you would do that for, like, 10 minutes. And then you're like, all right, now do this scene from Death of a Salesman that you've seen 10 million times. And you're like, all right, let's get into it. Yo. <laughs> and I don't do the acting stuff anymore, but sometimes I will, like, carry that, uh, those warm-ups with me. Yeah, those warm-ups will change. Those, those will change your whole perception and just, just the life and shit. Like, that, like, acting classes have taught me how to, like, be angry. Yeah, <laughs> because I didn't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to like act in anger. My teacher was just like, "No, you have to just let yourself go because you're so reserved." But you're acting. You can be mad, and I heard myself be mad like, and it was, it was insane. Like I like, and since then I just been more like forward about things. I haven't been mad, but I've been like, "Hey, that's not cool," and it's just like it's changed my whole life. So, man, that's like matru- what maturity. The more I learn as I get older, and li- I mean, it's definitely a work in progress, man. But like just being honest and direct about how you feel and what you want is like such a big part of maturity that like yes. it's it's crazy man it's crazy how you learn that as you get older i wish i knew that at an earlier age oh my god yeah but that's the thing about maturity though it's like you have to learn like you have to learn shit at that rate like i, I always I, i've said i've said this a few times where it's like i wish i knew now i wish i knew then what i know now but i was just like i don't know if i want to like go back in time and give a 14 year old the insight of a 32 year old man that, <laughs> you go fucking you know, it's like you go crazy like Ooh, that would be so that would be so jarring to meet that 15 year old oh yeah that, that 15 year old he'd be fucked he'd up be stressed like, out yeah. like, all this stuff going on in the world and geometry i can't yeah you can't do shit yeah you can't do shit about like as an adult you're like all right i'm in debt if i just work really hard i could save but as a like, 15 what are you gonna do like i i, I, I don't have any money how do I, no one's going to give you money. You have no, to, 
you would never go to college if you knew what debt felt like. Okay. And like, maybe that's a good thing, but also it would just like hamstring you. You'd be so nihilistic at such an early age. Yeah, you'd be, fu- you'd be just a fucked up kid. Nobody, like, and you can't talk to any other 16 year olds. So you're just hanging no. out with like 32 year old <laughs> men. Just playing racquetball and shit because that's oh the only God. place you can go that's not a bar to meet those dudes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> getting groomed. Now he's, now he's getting groomed into shit. Like, briefcase oh at God. high school. Yeah. <laughs> you walk in with a briefcase. <laughs> Yo, that would, I, th- I think that would be the scariest shit if you walked into school with a briefcase instead of a book bag. There was a dude in fifth and f- uh, fourth and fifth grade who opted for a briefcase, and he's not what you would think. He wasn't like a young republican he was this dude john chi and he got rid of the backpack and started bringing a briefcase but all the things he liked were still the things like a fourth grader likes so he would show up and pop open the briefcase and there'd be like three goosebumps books and a power ranger toy in there and then like some of his homework and it was <laughs> that was in the briefcase and that's actually kind of that's actually kind of awesome that's kind of awesome it was great man he always had the best he had he what he came from like no money so i had no idea like but he always had the best toys. He always had like you remember when like Alien started putting out like crazy toys, like the Alien movie franchise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those, yeah. And then like all, there was like a Rhino one and like a Praying Mantis one. All of a sudden, he always had those, and was we were like playing them with on the playground, dude. He was he was always the hookup on the cool Alien Yo, toys. My favorite toy. He's a Power Ranger. My favorite action figure of all time. Remember the Power Ranger where if you it, the head would flip. The yeah. Head flipped in. Oh my god, that was no, that was the coolest. I remember like I remember like I had like two or three of those and I loved them so much. They were so fucking cool. I had a green one, I had a black one, and I had a red yeah. one. And they were so awesome. And like I remember one day though, I saw a kid on the playground, he flipped it, and one of the heads was missing. And <sighs> the, that was the first time I was like, I remember like the, the feeling and thought I had in my head. I look back, that's the first time I was like, oh wow. This is what poverty looks like. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. That's when the permanence of death finally, like, occurred to you. <laughs> I was like, damn. Just playing with, like, just, like, now you got, you got, you have to, you have to play with a broken toy. Like, you can't, like, my parents weren't rich, but it's like, you had a broken toy. They'd be like, all right, we'll get you a new one. Yeah. Or at least I'm playing with it. Yeah, they're like, they, they, they throw it away. Like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't play with that. Play with that one. And it's like, nope, this is all you got. Just the broken one. Man, looking back now, like, realizing how much toys cost, which was, like, not a lot of money. Like, I guess I'm grateful that, like, my parents didn't buy me every toy I want. But it's also, like, you guys didn't have seven bucks a week. You couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it gets so sad. It gets so sad. You couldn't, you, you couldn't have got me Cobra Commander when we were at Target. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like I looked at like fruit roll ups and they were three dollars and I was like you couldn't afford three dollars. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! This is and I think this is this is how like our whole generation is just like stunted because I think it's like that's why we all go into like these weird crises, these life crises and shit. Where we're like, all right, I'm gonna buy all these toys and video games and stuff because it's yeah. like now I have money, but I don't have. But I think we, we underestimate how expensive kids are. We must, it, we must, because there must be so many other costs like that we're not even factoring in, man. Like, like daycare is daycare is at least like ten thousand dollars a year. God, all your, all, yeah, like all your, all your school books and shit like that. That costs a ton of money. Like yeah. kids are growing, you're growing, you're growing out of clothes. Like you buy sneakers for kids, and you have to buy a new pair in three months because kids are constantly growing, eating and everything. Would definitely want to get them like cool shoes so we could have like matching elevens or whatever. You exactly, know, like, like, you want to do that. Absolutely, get trapped in there. Yeah, you get, you get trapped in that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think it's not. It's not that they couldn't. It's not that the parents couldn't afford it. It's they, at that point they were just so sick of your shit. They were, yeah, they were sick of it. I'm like, I got that seven dollars earmarked for a shirt. We're not gonna buy until like you know 1997. So just yeah. chill out right. Just, now. Just, you <laughs> shut up. You, oh, you, you want? Oh, you, oh, you want to spend? Yo, why, why? Why do you have to buy that one? That yeah. one just as good. Oh, that it's the same thing. It's just three dollars. It's just five dollars more expensive. Like, like, oh my god. Oh, this shredder has bigger shoulder pads. I, I don't care. I'm sorry. The kids are gonna laugh. The kids are gonna laugh at you. It doesn't matter. I know. I know. I, I know. Tommy's dad. He's a drunk. I had a cousin on the East Coast though who had like, for some his parents spoiled him and he had like all the Playmobil toys, which were like weird and always felt like semi Nordic to me. I'm like, this is what they're playing with in Norway for sure. But like, uh. He had like all of them. He had like whole towns and like, oh, just like little Playmobil action figures. And going over there, like once a year when we would go back to the East Coast, was always like it felt like a scene out of the movie Big to me. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fuck! I didn't mean to. I talked over your your dad's a drunk joke, which was very no, funny. No, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, the credit it deserves. Yeah, that was that was that was that was that was super mean. I got okay, <laughs> okay. I'm like, and I don't want to hurt people's feelings and shit. So let's 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 get to like the actual the the music of the podcast because this is a music. Yeah. So I asked you for like your favorite song, and you said you gave me a lot, but one of them you chose was a uh, LCD sound system. LCD sound system. Dance yourself clean. Dance yourself clean. Absolutely. Oh, Nick, let's play it. Let's play it out for a little bit. Let's play that because as I remember we talked about this before, and I was like, I had no idea who this band. Was. I had no idea who this band was. I thought it was some super techno shit, but then it was like this shit started playing, and I was like, damn, bro, this is like it. it I felt things listening to this shit. You like it? That's dude. Yeah. Uh, can we talk over it while we're playing? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Oh, so I didn't get into it. I didn't get into LCD sound system until I saw a documentary about what was supposed to be their last concert that they put on at Madison Square Garden. And they had been this like lower east side, like hipster sort of like electronic dance pop group. Mm -hmm. And I'd like heard about them and I'd even like reference them in stand up jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if some hipster was in the crowd not laughing, I was like, he just do wishes as an LCD sound system concert. And people would laugh, and I'd be like, I don't know why that's funny. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, know that I know that feeling. And then I saw the documentary, and it was like, it was just really interesting and cool to watch like a band being filmed around their like very, what they thought was gonna be their very last performance. Mm. And then they put out like a live album of that performance. And uh, I got, I got I asked to go to JFL Toronto. And like, you, they kept me there for like a month because they just had me like, uh opening for like a lot of the big acts that were there yeah and it was when a relationship i was in was falling apart mm. and one of the more like taxing emotional relationships i'd ever i'd never been in one of these things where like we absolutely should have broken up like a uh, three months before this but we just were like staying together the momentum <laughs> of it never oh, thing and like we'd stop we weren't even like sleeping together anymore and it was just so like hectic and like it hurt so bad and something about being like stuck in Canada and I started listening to this album and this song which starts out very like it's it's kind of plotting and like the, even parts that are like whimsical like there's weird little like this like high well, you can hear it right now this like yeah. high pitched synth in the background and everything and if like a couple minutes into the song uh I guess the beat drops for lack of a better term like it goes da 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 and then like all the sound comes exploding out and it just felt like so cathartic and and, and like the, the lyrics just like really spoke like break me into bigger pieces 
so some of me is home with you you know what i mean and like that yeah. feeling of being like to do what i want to do i have to be like up here in canada or have to be on the road or i have to be fuck you know i can't be like in portland or in la like working on a relationship or trying to figure out if this is even a thing i want to do and like both some of the lyrics but also just like the emotional energy of that like release just yeah. like spoke to me in such a profound way and then that became like a gateway to the rest of this album for me or the rest of like the the live album which is like all their greatest hits and everything right. um and then i got into the rest of it like sound of silver uh it's like an amazing album and all that stuff but like that's kind of what pulled me into LCD Sound System was just like yeah. right place, right time. Yeah, I feel that because it's like there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm not because I was I was listening to this earlier while I was drawing, and I was just like so I was sitting there just drawing and stuff, and I was like listening, listening, and then it's just like I did feel that same thing of just like I just looked at where I was at, I looked at the decisions I had to make to get to this point, the the hard, the tough. I was like this this is tough. This is hard. I felt like you know in a, in a movie where it's just like the character like wants to cry but just like can't. Yeah, I know that. A movie or in life? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like <laughs> that, yo, that's, yo, that's, 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 yo, that's one of the crazy. That's one of the craziest feelings too. Like, I was, cause I was thinking about that shit today too. Like earlier, I was like, somebody said I'm gonna cry later today, and I was like, wow. Like, I was like, I should have cried last week. When I, when I had time. <laughs> when, I, when I had time. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy when you you like you can feel that. You feel like pregnant is not the right word, but you do feel you're like it's almost now. Shit. I'm like I'm like intellectually aware where I'm like I need to fucking have a release at some point. Like I'm carrying yeah. like too much stuff with me right now. Exactly. I, I'll schedule them too. I'll like I know like five songs that'll make me start crying if I get to the right part, <laughs> and I'll I'll just like cue those up sometimes, and then like no. all right, I'm gonna. Spend the next hour crying. I'll just tell you. I'll try to find scenes that'll make. I just try to find scenes from movies that'll make me cry. But then I'm. But I'm. But I'm selfish. So I like try to like. So like I'll watch like the scene from Sophie's Choice, which she has to choose. And I'll be like, Oh my god, that's so hard. That reminds me of when I had to choose between like living in Boston and living in New York. <laughs> we, we've all got choices. We all got choices. You guys just end up. <laughs> Oh my god! Like, like literally, the hardest choice of her entire life. Like, yeah, it's like, and to me, I'm just like, yeah, I had to choose between this and that. Like, I like so I, that, that's that's what makes that's what makes me cry. Like, I have to find scenes like that and then co-opt it and find a way in my head to make it about me, so I can like let the tears be mine. Man, I do, I I totally understand that. I like uh, I do, for me, it's more songs than movie scenes. But like, I was walking around listening to. I just I went through a breakup a little bit ago. <laughs> Mm. Uh, another one. Surprise, surprise. But uh, I was listening to, sometimes it's even the hackiest songs. I was listening to Hurt by Johnny Cash. Yeah. Which, which has been like, listen, it's a great, it's a great cover, but it's been like hack, like since two weeks after it came out kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's basically like an emotional speedball, like it's cheating. Mm. And uh, it got me. I was out for a walk and I, it just like, that like everyone I know goes away <laughs> in the end. And I was like, me too! They all go away! And I started <laughs> Bro. crying into my mask. It was <laughs> sometimes, yeah, I know, that's the best, crying into your mask. Sometimes, yeah. the, but sometimes the hackiest songs will make you, the hacky, sometimes you need, you need a hacky song to make you cry. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I remember I was like, when I was going through a breakup, 
my go-to song was Ordinary People by John Legend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that should make me cry every single time. And Nick's, Nick's shaking his head in disgust because he's just like, he hates, he hates John Legend so much. Dude, I don't <laughs> hate him. My sister hates him. Oh, but no, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's a family thing. But yeah, I, mean, I remember this one day, like I was going through a break. I, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even a breakup. It was like there was a girl that I was hooking up with that, like this is like high school. That I, I'm not even. This is embarrassing, but like I told my friends that we had slept together and we didn't. Oh yeah, sure, 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 sure. And then she found out. She just stopped talking to me. Period. Oh. So now I'm just walking around. I'm walking around like you know my high school town. Just you know, sad, a virgin, listening to old, ordinary people, just so bummed out. <laughs> Nick, can you do me a favor? Can you bring me back? Can you bring me back to that? To, to you, sad, listening to John. Lennon? Yeah, just miss me because I'm. I just... So one day, why did you lie? You know you didn't get those cheeks. Now you're gonna be alone. For the next couple oh, of weeks, ordinary <laughs> people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will never get tired of that. I will never, ever. Oh my god. Oh, none, of my, none of your friends were even all that impressed either. You know, what I mean? you're like, why did I lie for? Who is that for? Exactly. Who was that? Yeah, who was that for? for? Nobody. Man, I wrote on a, I wrote on the Grammys a couple of years ago, and uh, we were shooting a bit with James Corden's parents, and we were walking around because, like, there's just there's just Grammys performers hanging out for like the few days like leading up to it. So we basically just like t- it was a fish out of water segment, two old British people, and uh, we we had John. It was their wedding anniversary, and we were in like one of the hallways of the Staples Center. And John Legend was like, he was going to, I forget what song he sang, but he sang a song, uh, acapella, no music behind him. Is that acapella? Yeah. 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 Uh, And just like belting it out in one of these hallways. And like, I'd never, like, I'd heard the hits, you know what I mean? I'd never been a fan before that, but like his voice is so beautiful that like, I started crying, like in the hallway, (laughs) I was like, I was like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, a human can make that sound. And it like, I started like. I had to like walk away from the thing we were shooting while like these two old British people were like dancing. It was so fucking beautiful. John Legend looks like an old baby, but his voice is so <laughs> <laughs> He does. He does look like an old baby. But like the thing about his voice though, like I like I don't know, I like his voice a lot. But then like yeah. nah, but I've just been around because Nick just Nick Nick explained to me one day how it works and I just can't un- I can't unsee that. Which what, what? How does it work? How can you explain it, please? Explain. Wait, how? What John, 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 John Legend's voice, like, because you, like, you didn't impress your impression is so like on. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's because that's exactly that's how he sounds. It's you just have to whisper and yell at the same time. Somehow, I think that's, <laughs> that's what does that even mean. So you whisper and you yell. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you have Tracy Morgan in one ear and like Sauron in the other ear. Oh my god, no, no, please, no, please, please, please. I don't know, I, I, I don't know if it's possible. But could you could you like live combine the two to that I would cry. I'll pay you a hundred dollars over time. Like if, you, if, you, if, you, if you can combine the two into John Legend. Okay, so you have the whispering, right? This is whispering. Everybody's familiar with whispering. And then you have Tracy Morgan, right? <laughs> I 
I'm gonna get you pregnant with this sexual voice. And then you slowly add in the singing, and then you add a little Terrence Howard for the warbling. And next thing you know, <laughs> you got lady. Oh my god! That was the, oh my god! I'm going. I'm sending you. I'm going on Venmo. I'm sending you, I'm sending you ten dollars. Oh, right that's now. so funny! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! June's oh. payment is coming through. June's oh payment is coming. God, I got. I, I'm dead ass. I'm dead. Ass. You can send the money back. I don't care. But dog, I got. I have. To, I can't not send you money. That was. Oh, that was a journey. That's so funny. That's so amazing. Fucking funny, dude. Dude, you sent me up from Sarhan to Terrence. Then like Ter- Terrence, where how it came out of nowhere. Yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun cameo. I didn't see. That. I did not see that shit coming, bro. Oh, Bro, man. oh my God. Oh my God, Nick. That, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, sad songs, man. Make me cry. What's your, oh, Nick, what's your go-to sad song? Uh, I don't know if I have a song. I'm more like you with like movies. Like if I put in a Pixar movie and just skip to the end and I'm, I'm good to oh. go. Or if it's up, just skip to the beginning. Oh. Uh, oh my God! Coco, any of these? Oh, Coco is a, a Coco is emotional terrorism. That could, no. that movie is crazy. Oh. It was aggressive. It was, oh my God! Like, so you don't want me to watch any of this? Like, <laughs> I'm trying the whole time. They know that those like because kids watch a movie eight times a week too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they know the parents are going to see them at some point. They know exactly mm-hmm. what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, but I, know, I, I, I thought I thought about that shit though, and I was like, why are you making kids watch this? And I was like, well, how else are you going to teach kids about like death? Yeah, see that those Disney movies. It's like the only way. Everybody in a Disney movie, one of their parents at least is dead. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So, so you, you gotta do it. Also, like I was doing so a few nights back, I was up until like five in the morning, and I watched like I somehow got on YouTube and I watched like old He Man. Right, I was watching old He Man episodes on YouTube, yeah. and then it brought me to like I'm, I'm watching cartoons and shit. I noticed how like cartoons are always like kind of violent, but they they always. Like they had swords and guns, but nobody ever got shot or stabbed. Right. Everybody but, ends up with like an egg on their head or tied yeah, exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't see, yeah, don't seem to get hit. But then I found one. It was called Night Star. I think it was Night Star. It was about like a. Te- it was about like this place called New Texas, which is a new as a planet called New Texas, which was like the old wild wild west, but it was futuristic and it followed this one Native American sheriff. I remember that show. Yeah. I was watching it. I was, like, oh, this is, I was like, "Is this house is real?" Like, I couldn't find anything about that. I found it, and I found out there's one episode of that show that it's noted because it's about a kid who's addicted to drugs, and then dies at the end. Oh my god! And then the last, the last thing, like one of the last things you hear is the kid's mom wailing, screaming that her son died, in a Saturday morning TV show. And then it's like fade to black, and then it's like a commercial. You get caught up in the crossfire. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's like a, it's like a crossfire commercial. Like pods and shit. That's heavy for a Saturday morning, man. I mean, good but, for them for like going out there, but I bet they got some notes from the network after that thing aired. Uh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't do that. What is He-Man's response to this? <laughs> I, I have the eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard about methadone. <laughs> oh my god, I, I want I want to see that. That needs that needs to be more. I want to see more people. Like I saw like Sesame Street, I guess, because they like at least are like, all right, the world is real. Here's the here's the kid 
whose parents, whose dad's in jail. Here's yeah. the, here's the autistic puppet. That shit made me cry. The autistic puppet on that shit made that shit. I was like, because I had an autistic friend growing up, and it was like, yeah. that's yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's just a kid. He just can't talk. And it's like I was like, oh, that shit had me emotional. Or like the kid that's like the puppet that's that has AIDS. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's we need more cartoons like that where like shit like actually fucking happens. Cause like kids are kids are smart, man. Like kids are like really really smart, and if you expose them to that information, they will learn how to deal with it from like an early age. Not even deal with it; they'll just learn how to like meet the world as it is. If you expose them to that information, we like shelter them a little too much, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I remember, like that's why I like Nickelodeon. I like I like Nickelodeon more than Cartoon Network for that reason. Cause all the all their shows and shit, all the cartoons they had there was a theme of just like this is actually about like anxiety this is actually about depression mm-hmm. this is actually about poverty like hey arnold was hey arnold, hey arnold was that everyone was like this kid is like is, is impoverished this kid is uh this kid has body image issues uh this kid like is comes from privilege and how to get into privilege knocked down like i there's there's an episode i think about all the time i talk about this as much as i can there's an episode where ronda the, the, the rich kid of the neighborhood she gets glasses and when she gets glasses, they're like, hey, so you have glasses, and now you have to sit on the back of the bus with all the rest of the nerds. And she's like, okay. And then she goes, then she goes to the, then she goes to the cafeteria, like, all right, no, you can't sit here. You got to sit at the glasses-only table over there. And that yeah. table's all wobbly and fucked up. And like, oh, and then they're like, what the fuck? And then she, then she goes out to play. She, plays, she goes out to play during, like, what you call it, recess. And like, you know, you got to play with the glasses-only ball. And she's like, this isn't right. It's not fair. We're all the same kind of kids. And then she's sitting on a bus in the front. And this girl is just like, hey, you can't sit here. And she's like, no, this is my seat. And I was like, did they just give her a Rosa Parks moment for glasses? <laughs> I think they did. <laughs> yeah. They like and Trojan it, horse. And, like, they did. Message. I was like, yeah. but then what made, what, made it, what made it so bad, though, is when that's happening, Arnold is like, hey, you know what? You're right. From now on, we should just change that. And everyone's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And it's like, that's not how it fucking happened. <laughs> no. <laughs> Arnold would have been, like, afraid to say anything. Oh, yeah, Arnie, Arnold like, have, oh, I'm just friends with a lot of guys who don't have glasses, so it's like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not going to lose my spot the, gla- the glasses-free table. I can't. It's also that. hard to have a head shaped like a football, all right? We're like. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, all, yeah, all, all, head, all head deformities matter, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Rugrats was like the first time I saw another Jew on TV, man. Oh, my God. The Passover episode of Rugrats is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It meant so much to me as a little Jewish kid. I was like, I didn't even know. It was one of those things where I didn't even know I was missing it. You know what I mean? Like, listen, I'll fucking watch a Christmas episode. I love it's fun. There's presents. The music's great. You know what I mean? Whatever. And then like I was like, saw pass. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like, fuck. That's what we do, you know? Yeah. That kid isn't drunk because he stole some of the Manischewitz, but, like, other than that, it's pretty <laughs> accurate. Manischewitz. I don't know why we had that in my house, that, like, blueberry wine. Oh, what was it, blackberry wine? It's the current – they make it out of a few different things. Dude. Yeah, I had, you know, we, had, we had that in our house. It's, it's so sweet. It's so gross. Yeah, it's yeah exactly. So gross. I, like, I got drunk on it with a friend, like, uh, recent, not recently, but within the last couple of years, like, based on nostalgia and the hangover from a Manischewitz drunk is one of the worst things you'll ever experience in your life. Because it's wine and, like, the amount of sugar, as though you were just pounding, like, margaritas all day. God damn. I lost two days to that shit. It was awful. Maybe that, is that why, like, sometimes, is, do, acidic, do, acidic, do acidic Jews drink that shit? They, I, don't know what, I don't know what acidic Jews get up to. I, like... 
I had no exposure to them because I came up in Portland, Oregon. You know what yeah. I mean? So like by the time like I found out about the Hasids, I was already kind of like done with the religious part of Judaism. So I don't really know. That's that's like a whole other kettle of fish, man. They really get up to their own stuff. Right, I, the women all wear wigs. I don't understand what it's that like, is. Yo, it's like, yo, in, in Brooklyn, when I moved out here, I was like, oh, my God, this is how this is like. It because he was telling me like, yo, New York is mad Jewish, and I was like, you're just being a, you're being a racist. Like, what are you fucking talking about? And then you see yeah, a city yeah. Jews, you're like, oh, it's like, oh, this, this is a this is a whole different world. And when it's like out loud Jewish, like in a very specific kind too. Very very specific kind, and it's like if you if you walk in the neighborhood, they're just like, yeah, you don't belong here. Yeah, yeah, they've. It's like. I mean, a lot of them are racist, just like straight up, but like also like a lot of like, there's this weird thing of being like a community that got chased out of everywhere. And then like, once you have like, uh, like some place, like space to yourself, that's probably why the Israelis are so like fucked up and evil, you know, like, in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, that's why, that's why, Amer- that's why Americans are fucked up to, to bring yeah. it, to, to bring it to a non-Jewish bashing place. That's why we're going. I was like, oh God. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't even know if my Judaism can save us from this. I was <laughs> like, no, 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 no. And I was, I was, I was like, oh, shit. No, like, even like, in America, like, just the idea, like, oh, well, like, you're going you're gonna to kick me out. I'm going to start my own club. And then you're not invited. And then it's like, I start yeah. my own club, and you're not invited. The Puritans and shit. That's like, I don't know. I think that's, that's, there's, there's a thing to be said about that, where it's just like, once you're, kicked, once you're shunned from something, you start your own thing. And then if somebody tries to come into your thing, you're just like, you didn't take, you, you, didn't take the steps to create it so why are you reaping the rewards of my right. creation and then but at the same time they're perpetuating the very thing they were running from which is like it's like we didn't learn from that you know what i mean we didn't learn from not being welcome somewhere that like maybe that doesn't feel good it's like there's so many there's so many layers to it to yeah. take it to a more superficial complaint about the Jew, about the Hasidic Jews. If I, you don't have like, yeah. you know how like all the men dress in like yeah. the uh, the long coats and like the big hats and everything. This isn't even a complaint. I, that was the wrong word. It's just very interesting to me because like that's just what like the look was in like Russia and Eastern Europe in like the 1700s, 1800s or something. That's just like yeah. what fashion was was like big furry hats and shit. And for some reason they were like this. This is what we're going to wear for the rest of time. And it's, somehow it's going to be a religious thing. We're just going to dress like this. It's like if a religion was founded like in the 70s and then everyone was just like, yeah, fringe and like suede vests. That's all we wear now. But yeah. I'm not going to flex. Muslim and Flatbush, I used to like, when I was in Flatbush, I saw a lot of Hasidic Jews, a lot of seeds. I saw like young, I saw younger ones and though they would, they would dress like that, but the swag they had was out of control. Like it's like the, the shirts unbuttoned, the hat is, the, the hat tilted all the way back. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is the coolest shit I've ever fucking seen. Like, yo, like, like, this, like the, all, they just have, they, have, just have, they have no beard, just the sideburns. I was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, this is this, that's actually super cool. But you can kind of fucking make it work, man. Like, listen, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. They got a lot yeah. to work on, but like, hey, yeah, you can't you can't make that style work for sure. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Shout out to y'all. So shout out to y'all and that y'all some fashion. You, you, you fashion. You could, show. if it's purple, it's not too different from how Cameron was dressing for a while. Oh my God. Completely yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's killer. That's killer. Yeah. That's killer. <laughs> that's killer. All right. So the next segment that I'd like to get into and discuss is we have your favorite song. We talked about the LCD sound system shit. Now explain, can you tell me like what's, some, what's going on in your life right now? Tell me something that's happening in your life right now. She's a song for. 
It could be like a good thing, bad thing, whatever. I think I got something for you. Okay. Okay. Let me, uh, all right. I'm going to go with, I guess a mixed blessing. All right. Right now I'm, I, uh, people might not, I'm, uh, the, one of the head writers on the late, late show of James Corden. And it, we've been trying to make a show over zoom, like, a and we're like a very glossy, like big, shiny kind of late night show anyway. Like everything is very like entertaining and song and dancey. So we've been trying to do that like over zoom. And then we're trying to like talk about the pandemic. Yeah. And then we're trying to figure out what like a, you know, chubby British dude in his early forties, like who's a song and dance man, like what his role in talking about like the protest against police brutality is. And like, it has been so, it's been so stressful. It's been like very grateful mm. to like have a job during all this. And I'm like, so, I feel so lucky and fortunate to have a job. And then, but the reality of it is we're working like 14 hour days to try mm. to make something that like at the end of the day, mo- we're only like kind of happy with anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I feel you. So it's, it's been like struggling to make the best of a really bad situation and spending like a lot of time doing it. So that's, All I guess right. that's like the main thing in my life right now. All right. Huh. I get, I get what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying completely. And I think that what, based off this, based off the LCD sound system song, right? What I really picked from it was like, there was, while there was, while there were like, there were melancholy, there were melancholy vibes there. And there were like, there's a lot of positivity there. It was all just kind of like, you know, this is reality where it's just like you're feeling a lot of things at once. It can be overwhelming sometimes. So that led me to a few groups. And thinking about that right now, I heard, like, I was on um, Tidal, right? Shout out to Tidal. I use Tidal all the time. And they told me a new album came out by a group called Chicano Batman. Oh, yeah. I have, and I was like, who the fuck? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? And then it was like, you know, it's, this was in like April, you know, mid-pandemic. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out like what to do. Cause I, cause I was stuck in the house. I was like, I was afraid of, I was afraid of going outside. I was afraid yeah. of what happened. And my personal life, you know, like I had somebody close to me, like passed away. It wasn't, it wasn't Kimono related, but it was something like, it was something like very serious. So I'm like, yeah. you know, look outside being like, okay, so where do I go from here? Like, how do I move on? And around this time I'm like making these purchases. Like I bought this microphone, I bought an iPad and I'm like, okay, so I have my future ahead of me, but how am I going to, how do I do this? How do I make things happen when the world's on fire? And um, the song I choose for you is called uh, Blank Slate by Chicano Batman. All right. I haven't heard it before. Yeah. It's, I listened, I listened to this album. I went like, it was one of those things where it's like, when I, when I first started listening to it, I was like, you know, I, I was doing super hipster shit. Like I woke up, put my headphones on, put my mask on walked to the the fancy little bodega around my way bought some raspberries and shit and i'm sitting there just like yo i'm a piece of shit for doing this but this song made me feel like you know what it's okay bro you're like you're trying you're moving forward you're 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 living your life and every day is new you know no matter what's happening as long as you focus on what you're doing and as long as you can like be upbeat about the shit you'll be fine and you said yeah this is a british song and dance man so it's like you know He's used to being like happy or whatever, but like I feel like the only way you can truly appreciate happiness is to understand sadness, bro. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a great point. So this song is kind of like this song is this this song is a little bit more about like it's kind of it's kind of about a breakup, but at the same time it's kind of just like all right, things are never there is no things aren't going back to normal. 
No, there is, this, this is this is it. This is this is it, and it's gonna keep changing from here. I'm mm -hmm. such a big I'm such a big believer in that man of like. When the when the pandemic, part of why my, I I started dating a girl in like February. Yeah. This is like to get away from like the the work thing completely, but like. We started dating like back in February and it was like one of the most exciting like new relationships I've ever had. And then things were going like really strong for a while, but she lives in San Francisco. Uh, and part of the reason the relationship fell apart was like, I didn't do a good enough. I just didn't accept the reality of this like pandemic fast enough. Yeah. So she was being like very like realistic about what was going on. She was like, this is very scary. I don't know what the like, I don't know what like the world is gonna be like. I don't know how long this is gonna go on for. And like, I just kept, I just kept like kind of not acknowledging how fucked up everything was getting and like how scary it all was. Like I was, I jumped the, I jumped steps. Like I went to like, well, this is how it is. So we have to adjust like way too early and sort of didn't like validate her feelings about it and everything. And like, yeah. and I think it is like, but I think it's important to feel those feelings of like, shit's not gonna be the same. I guess now I'm kind of contradicting myself, but I also do think it's very important to like accept your new reality at some point. Oh, yeah. Part of accepting your new reality means you do have to con like contend with that new reality was, which I, I was not doing. Like, yeah, you have to do that before you find like, all right, here's what life is like now. How do I figure out how to be happy at mo in moments within this new context. Yeah, I feel, no, I feel that. I feel that completely, bro. Because, like, I've noticed this in my, in my personal life a few times where it's like, there'll be a voice in my head that's just like, yeah, after the, this thing has happened, nothing's going to be the same after that, bro. Like, dating like dating a girl. Like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, it's just a rough patch. We'll, we'll, make, we'll make it pass. It's just like, no, it's not. This is, yeah. like, this is where things are going to go. And it's like, it's not, and it's not just accepting it, but it's kind of just like, you have to look at it and analyze it properly. Be like, all right, it is what instead of just being like, oh, it's, it's just, it's just, a, it's like, just being like, oh, it's a cut, it'll heal. It's not gonna. You have to like, you have to look at it, you have to get tend to it, and you have to like, you have to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge what's happening yes. around you. Dude, so many, I'm the exact, so many times I've just been like, I've added, adopted the attitude of this too shall pass, or like, or we will like, this will get better with time without actually doing anything to like actively make it better. Facts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where I'm like, why do you think that it is going to get better? It hasn't any other time. And you still like have this attitude. I, that's one of the big plagues of my life that I have to work on all the time, dude, from like my, for, like even just like from my health, you know what I, I've just always yeah. been like, that'll just get better on its own. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, it won't. You're not different. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Start eating salads, dude. What do you exactly? You're not, you're, not, you're, not you're not special. Yeah. What do you, I, I don't know what it is, but I've like always had like we're we're all special, you know what I mean? But you're not you're not special. Like I've always had this feeling in my head, like, well, I would I would never have high blood pressure. You know what I mean? I like yeah. and then you go to the doctor and like you have high blood pressure. I'm like, but I'm but I'm me. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like confronting that shit, like your role in your own life is such a like it seems like it should be so simple, but it can be such a struggle sometimes. Yeah, I feel that. Like that's yeah. why that's part of the reason I started getting tattoos as well. Cause it was like, cause I liked them, but I, I, to me, I thought like tattoos, getting tattoos was very like therapeutic for me in the moment. But also yeah. it's kind of a thing where I'm just like, I want that tattoo. And I, I remember I got one of my ribs, right? And I was like, this is gonna fucking hurt. So I'm like Googling like how do I like rib like pain and da like and I was like, oh, is it I was looking for, like, is there a trick to it? Like, oh, just do this, just do that. Like it doesn't hurt for everybody. And all I saw was like, yeah, this is gonna hurt. Yeah. 
It's going to hurt. Tattoos hurt. Yeah. Tattoos are painful no matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what if you breathe right, if you eat this, you take an aspirin an hour before. No, it's gonna fuck, it's just gonna fucking hurt. So I was like, so that kind of made me realize I was like, you know what? Things are gonna suck sometimes. And I gotta if I can embrace that now, it's like like the issue won't pass, but the fear and anxiety around the issue will pass. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. And I like, fuck, it's the thing that kills me is like, I've the amount of times I've had to learn that lesson and like still sometimes like don't get it. You know what I mean? Even like through life lessons and therapy and stuff like that. I still like, you still fucking trip up sometimes. Oh yeah, but, you do. Cause yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's humanity, bro. It's humanity. It's, it's humanity. It's also like, I think there's a, there's a huge, there's like a thin line between like accepting that shit's just going to be fucked up. And like, you know, being like, and being able to accept it and get over your fear and anxiety. And it's not between that and just being like a straight up nihilist where you're just like, whatever. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, For you don't want to be that. You don't want to be that. And that's why like, you know, you see, you see cats who watch Rick and Morty and shit and they suck Rick's dick being like, that's like, you know, you don't, you don't want to be, you, you don't want to be that. They missed the whole point of that. They missed the whole point. It's like, nah, that's not cool. That's a very, very sad, depressed individual. Right, look how unhappy this person is. It's yeah, the people who watch Wolf Wall Street who are like, yeah, that. It's like, no, look at how sad Jordan Belfort was. He was miserable. Miserable. Everything good in his life got ruined by the same things that brought it to him. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. come on. Exactly. They were fucking, yeah. they were, he was, that's a miserable, miserable guy. Miserable. It was going to end with him, like, with him at the lowest point. But it got delayed. And then by, in that time, he had the success. So they had to rewrite the ending of it. Oh, really? Where there was him at the, uh, at like that conference in like New right. Zealand or whatever? Like his, his rise back up. Like a vault. I mean, I, at least that, even that like is not an honest living really, but like, but like that's, fuck. I mean, the reality of it is, yeah, like he just ruined, that's what those Scorsese movies are though. Like Goodfellas is the same way. Like if you turn it off two thirds of the way through, it's like, wow, that looks like a pretty dope life. But then like, oh, he's paranoid looking at helicopters and then his whole life falls apart. You know what I mean? Yo, I saw I, good tomato sauce anymore. Speaking of Scorsese movies, I watched this last night again and it did. It, 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 and it's, it's, the, it's one of the few that's like, it's just fucked up throughout the entire thing. But what's weird about it is what it inspired. I watched Cape Fear last night for the first time in a while. Yeah. That shit. The first of all, that movie's, that movie's fucking incredible. It's incredible. It's fucked up. It's dark. It, it, it's dark from the beginning and it ends fuck. It ends super fucked up. But the thing about it that I couldn't believe is that it inspired one of the best episodes of The Simpsons, if not yeah! the best episode of The Simpsons of all time. The Bart. The yeah. yeah. All that. That's like yeah, they watch that movie. <laughs> they watch Max Katie rape, try to rape, and then try to rape multiple people, make out with a sixteen-year-old girl, and they're like, you know what? This could be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if what if this had sideshow Bob in it? That's so fucking funny. That's, I, that's, I I'd always known it referenced that, but I guess I never did that math in my head where I'm like, this is what they drew on for comedic and I swear, Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's like the thing is you watch you watch you watch the episode watch the episode again. Yeah, they 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 reference several parts of the they they reference the entire movie. They don't stop. It's just like, all right, from the beginning to the end, it's just like an ode to this movie. And it's like it's just, but then again, the episode is about a guy trying to murder a child. Yeah. <laughs> I 
And then that has a Pirates of, is it Pirates of Penzance like reference at the end? Is that what that, what, like he sings on the boat? It's the, um, no, it's, what's, what's it called? It's South, oh, uh, it's South, what is it? What is it? What is it? I know, I know this shit. I it's am the South very model of a modern major That's general. Really Philosophies are rocking every other major mineral. What is that from? Uh, is that South Pacific? No, it was no, cool. no. Uh, modern, hold on. What is What's that? What's going on? He remains, yeah, he remains. He yeah, remains he in English. English man. He it is the Pirates of Penzance. Uh, that's Pirates of Penzance? Pirates of Penzance, yeah. No, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's HMS Pinafore. Oh, Pinafore. HMS Pinafore. God, that's my bad. Modern Major General is Penzance, but that song he sings at the end, you're right, HMS Pinafore. Oh, Nick, I, saw, I looked at your face the entire time. You're like, I don't know what, you, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> What are these new types of phones? It's the cricket wireless pinafore. You can get right. No, <laughs> it's the Simpsons. The Simpsons just do that. Like I learned about music. I learned so much from this. I learned so much shit from the Simpsons. Like, like everything I learned about musicals, fucking old so artists, much. plays, just every reference. That show that like the Simpsons like loaded you up with shit to like it created Easter eggs for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you like you watch Simpsons as a kid, and then the first time you see uh the first time you see, oh my god, now I'm blanking on the name of that musical. Uh the music man, you're like, Oh, this is the monorail episode, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're like, Oh, this is like referencing that like monorail, like yeah. him trying to go to town to town to sell like Oakum to people basically and you're like oh that's what was referencing this i had no idea when i was a kid you know yeah that's when i think that's what made the sh that's what made it that's what made it good and i think i honestly think like because I, I was wondering like why are the simpsons still on the air not in a sense of like there is bad or anything yeah. like that but it's just like 31 seasons is a lot of fucking season and i think it's because like they like, i think people see like the significance of the fact that that show does teach you about culture it teaches you yeah. it teaches you about like americana and all that shit and then it's like you can then you can look back at him like oh these are yeah these are all easter eggs to life not even just like the, the musical shit but even like when i say oh the simpsons predicted this that and the third it's not because they knew they just had like they just had an idea what, what how people thought so it's like yeah because, it, right exactly because you, we repeat history over and over and over yeah, exactly. again so like so. if they're referencing something that happened in the 70s then it happens again in like 2008 like that's just because we repeat ourselves, not because exactly. they're like. <laughs> they, they didn't like know. A, yeah, they didn't know Donald Trump was going to be president, but he's like, "What if?" But they're just like, "What if it happened?" Yeah, they're like, "What would if things keep getting dumber? What would be a thing that would for sure happen?" And like that, lo and behold, things kept getting dumber and it happened. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> man, Ooh. I Matt Grenning is from Portland, uh, and I was on a I was on a date. I was like on a first or second date in Portland. This was years ago. I was, but I was visiting, um, and it was when I lived in LA, I was visiting Portland on a date, on a patio restaurant, having dinner, and I see this dude walking up from a distance, and there's a street called, this area called like 23rd in Portland, basically, yeah. where all the streets are like, the streets are like Quimby, Lovejoy, like, so like there, are, this is where Matt Grenning got all these like character names from The Simpsons, Flanders yeah. uh, is one of the streets. And we're in, the restaurant is in that region of Portland. And I see this dude walking up and I'm like, that kind of looks like Matt Grenning. And he gets closer. I'm like, that really looks like Matt Grenning. And like, he walks by us. I'm like, that's fucking Matt Grenning. And he goes inside to the restaurant and he's like eating in the restaurant. We're on the patio. And this, uh, the girl I was like on the second date with, she was like, do you want to say hi to him? I was like, I can't go. I can't go say hi to him. <laughs> yeah, I can't like, say hi to Matt Grenning. Yeah. That's uh, the Simpsons. Man, I mean, 
to so many people and but meant so much to me as a kid that i was like freezing up and like she went in and she was like yeah it's back running he wants to say hi to you she said she was going to the bathroom but she like stopped by his table and talked to him oh and i was my like god oh fuck and i got up and i went in <laughs> like i was like huh, i think i just started writing for chelsea lately yeah and, and like i was like tripping over my words i was like i'm a comedy writer and i never would have gotten into it if it wasn't for you and he was like so cool and calm and uh he was like yeah and he like introduced me to the people at his table and he was like this is so-and-so this is so-and-so this is my sister maggie and <laughs> and she was like oh i think i used to read your you used to write a column for the for the portland mercury here you know i wrote for like one of the alt weeklies and i was like you know who i am and i thought it was like one of the fucking coolest that is don't meet your heroes but it was like you sometimes meet your heroes you know? sometimes 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 you gotta meet your heroes sometimes yeah i think like my my hero story i met uh amber I was at a com. I was at I was at Laugh Boston, right? I was at a comic club in Boston, and we're leaving. And um, as we're walking out, I see like this. I see a wrestler just walk by. I see Dean yeah. Ambrose, and I'm just like, "Is that fucking Dean?" Am-? I was like, "Is that Dean Ambrose?" And he's like, "No, it's not." Like, That's definitely him. So then I walk by, and I walk by this doorman to another bar, and he's just like, "Yo, there's a bunch of wrestlers in there. Like Ric Flair is in there." And I was like, "I was like, shut the fuck up." He said, "No, Ric Flair is sitting in there right now." And I turn, wow. I, I, I turn, and I open the door to the to the uh, to the bar, right? And I see the bar is like, you know, like it's nighttimey. Like this is like a hotel bar where people meet and go fuck. So it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like that. Like Nick, you know, Nick, you know, Nick, you know the exact bar I'm talking about, right? <laughs> the lights, it's like very like blue and purple. It's like a lot of blue purple hues and shit. So I I look in, and it's this dude, and he's sitting there. I, I, look, I, I see I see this guy in a shark skin blue suit with blonde hair like just a slick black blonde hair and he's glow he's literally glowing he is glowing <laughs> and he's talking to somebody and i walk up and i want to talk to him and the person he's with is like hey i think that guy wants to talk to him and points at me and i see rick flair turn around and look at me and i i i like i'm like i, I was what the fuck am i gonna say to this dude so i don't yeah. say anything i order a beer instead i just order a beer and i'm just now i'm just standing there awkwardly just drinking this beer looking at like just like trying not to be too close but like close enough that i'm still in his presence and another wrestler comes around. We start talking. He's super cool. We're all hanging out, and I'm just drinking with these wrestlers and shit. And then I see Ric Flair. You know, he, he kind of looks. He kind of looks and nods. You know what I mean? Shakes. Like, oh, the guy's like, hey, this guy's a comic. And Ric Flair's like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. He's not talking to me and shit. And then out of nowhere, I see a beer in front of me, right? And the, the wrestler I was with is like, yo. Um, so that guy right there, that guy Ric Flair, that's a wild, wild man. Um, so don't get in his face. Don't scream woo don't react all right but yeah. he just bought you that beer right there and i was like what? and I, I look i look at it i pick it up i look back at him and he's looking at me he's he does one of those and i was just like oh, man the next day the next day he was he was uh held at logan airport because he was too drunk to fly <laughs> he should have sent you a couple more of those beers, bro. It was that was the, so that's that that's my that's, that's my favorite hero story ever. His Nick. night probably didn't end until he got to the airport. Oh, it definitely, it definitely didn't. Nick, yeah. you met no, don't you? Yeah, you have a hero story, right? Uh, Robert Townsend, I think. Yeah, uh, I I did a a, a music video that, invo- that talked about like I want them to remake meteor man uh, and just how i love the movie and i made a costume for it so i have the meteor man costume and then a few days later after we filmed it i saw that they were doing like a, it was like the 25th anniversary 
They're having a screening and a, and a Q&A afterwards out here in Brooklyn. So I came out here dressed in the suit and <laughs> went to watch the, 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 um, watch the movie. And during the Q&A, like, he's, he's telling all these stories about, like, things that happened on set. And somebody had, like, the Kung Fu book from Meteor Man, the, like, the movie. And they threw it to him. And he, like, reenacted, like, a part of the, the movie. And um, then I asked a question. I had my jacket covering the suit. And then I, I stood up. And not many people get to do this, but I got to unfurl a cape in the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> The whole cape unfurled, and then he looked at me. He's like, "Oh, hey, you did that video! Like, you did that video. Um, you had this guy. He did a video talking about the song or whatever. Like, he recognized me from the video. Oh and man, so got to take a picture together and talked a little bit. And it was like everything. Anytime you, everything that you would want to happen with someone that you want to meet happened that day, and it was perfect. That's so also, cool, man. That's uh, fucking but- awesome." A caveat, a great thing about the video, Nick, that you did not mention. He made a song, right? But he sang the song <laughs> as CeeLo Green. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to do it now because that's because you already did a lot. But that, that's that's the yeah, yeah, we got like, what, what was the name of it? Uh, For the Lovers. Oh, the song For the Lovers. It, yeah, Chess Gatos did it. It's on YouTube. So watch that because. It was that's all that's almost catchy as shit. I enjoyed it. Yeah, we filmed part of it outside of my ex-girlfriend's house. Yeah, was, you're in the video too. Yeah, I'm in the video for like a split second, but we filmed we filmed part of it outside of her house and she was furious because I had to like reenact being in a <laughs> being in a relationship with another girl. So my ex was like just oh, so man. she was so pissed off. She was not your ex at the time. She was no, 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 no. That'd be, that'd be, yeah, yeah. That'd be, that'd be. She was she was mad that you were like had to act to pretend to be someone else's girlfriend. Yeah. I think it's like that's a, that's the thing I've been noticing too. Like not like not to get like an ego or whatever, but I'm just realizing yeah. like with comedy and stuff and with acting and all that shit, it's like it's important to be with somebody who understands and respects how serious you are about the craft. Because like to them, like vital. Yeah, it's not it's not even like it's not even like a respect issue, but maybe it's just like they don't they can't see like oh this is just like act this is performance or whatnot because they see you as just a guy they see you as the person so they'd be like no this is an entertainer this is somebody that's in this industry so of course they're gonna say this of course they're gonna say that and you can't be like why did you say that on stage it's like no nah, that's just because that's this is this thing is bigger than you you had to be there in the moment yeah absolutely yeah. man like ugh, it makes such a big difference because also you can't like i mean you want to put as few filters on yourself as possible and when i say that i don't mean like oh i shouldn't say i shouldn't say this word or i shouldn't talk about that kind of thing i just mean like you you filters like for your ability to talk about your own life you know what i mean or like to talk about like your experience in the world and if all of a sudden you're up there doing a bit about relationships and then like something occurs to you that's happening in your real life and you're like i can't talk about this because so and so will get mad even if it doesn't like reflect on them poorly like i also understand why there are people why people would get mad where it's like that's private you know what i mean but like if you can find someone who's like i understand why you have to go up there and talk about that that's like a fucking nice thing to have on your side man it really is my favorite story about that in like all of entertainment and music as well my favorite thing ever my favorite thing was marvin gay right arguably the great arguably the best artist of all time marvin gay uh I forget which divorce it was, but one of his divorces, you know, you know about the, the, the album here, my dear, right? 
the what the album here my dear where basically yeah, yeah. like yeah the, the, the divorce proceedings like look how about i just like write a, you get the you get I, i'll write an album and then you get the money from that album oh no shit that was like a, that, a divorce that, settlement yeah that, that, was, that was that was a settlement he was just like i'll make i'm gonna make an album my next album you get all that money and then we're done and here my dear is one is one of my favorite albums and is the most angry bitter it's the most that's amazing so that's like even the title he's like here my dear yeah, exactly. that, 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 that's, that's why i call it here my dear it's here my dear like and it's 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 the, the album starts with their marriage and like and it, start, it starts with their wedding and you can just hear him like just singing like and it's like it's like the, the person like, you hear you saying the vows and stuff but he's singing in between each vow and you can hear him just talk about like what was going on in his mind he was just like look i just wasn't in a good place i thought that this was gonna you know help Fill this hole in my heart, but it didn't. And it's like you might not kiss the bride. And he's just saying all this shit. And it's like you just hear him sing his interpretation of the marriage. And it's just the biggest fuck you to his ex. Yeah. But she That's made a bunch amazing. of money. And it wasn't like, made it a bunch of money, one. but she's like, she had to know it was coming from like this fucking yeah. him dragging her through the mud the entire Oh album. my God. So yeah, I, I, I love shit like that. And on the opposite side, the opposite of it, an album that I used to love, I still like it, but they kind of like cheapen it to me. Confessions by Usher. Oh really? That's not about him. Who, it's not. It's about Jermaine Dupree. Oh. He's writing about Jermaine Dupree. No, no, yeah, Jermaine Dupree. No, Jermaine Dupree basically was like, "Here's an album about what I'm going through right now," and Usher did the whole thing. Confessions. That whole song was about Jermaine Dupree. Oh my God! I had no idea. Wow. I thought there would have been a song about like a six XL Tweety Bird shirt on there, but like <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> nah, it wasn't. It was just. <laughs> Man, shout out to Jermaine, bro. Absolutely. He did a lot. He did a lot for the game, man. He did a lot for the fucking game. So much behind the scenes. So much behind the scenes. So much. So like, much behind the scenes. He made yo, confessions again. That's a classic, classic album. And Jermaine yeah. is just like because you, you, look, you, know, you look at confessions. Look at you look at Usher's albums after that shit. Was he's not singing about shit. No, nothing. Not there's, no, about there's no shit. substance to anything going on. It was like confessions is just like. Hey, I had a baby with the woman that's not you. I'm really sorry about this shit. And we're breaking up. I don't know what to do. The next album is I want to fuck in the bathroom of a club. Yeah. Very unrelatable. I mean, listen, who doesn't want to fuck in the bathroom of a club? Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) Sophie's Sophie's children. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't want to get into that shit again because that's... Anybody who loves that movie is gonna be like, "You're an asshole." From comparing Sophie's choice of who's gonna get killed in the in uh, the Holocaust is compared to you moving to Brooklyn. My grandparents right. survived the Holocaust, so you're. I'm. Mean, I'll go ahead and rubber stamp these jokes. The All right, words. Hey, right. hey, hey, hey. <laughs> A friend of mine is his, his grandparents survived the Holocaust. That's so right. So that gives all of us a green light. Whoever I say, I can pass out Holocaust passes. <laughs> all right. That, this, is, this, is, this is a side thing. You ever see like family in your trauma, no, uh, trauma in your family that you kind of like, it's sad to other people, but to you, like you can make jokes about it. Like that right there, like your parents, your, that's, that's awful, but it's, it's still like kind of funny. Completely. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, yeah, like, yeah, I do that shit all the time. Like, all right. Like my grandfather was, um, he was, he, he protested in Zimbabwe, right? He was murdered by like some, like, in, in, a, in a weird way. It was kind of, it's kind of fucking crazy. But yeah. to me, like, I think it's like, the murder is not funny, but like, I joke about that shit all the time. That's, you have to, that's you what have people to. don't understand, man. Like it's a way of processing trauma and pain so that it doesn't, fu- so you don't fucking like, get crushed by it all the time. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. 
if you had to like deal with like my dad who's like i mean one generation closer to it obviously it is has a little bit less of a sense of humor about it yeah than, I, than I, 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 do. I thought it was not jokes about that sure. right because those are his parents you know mm -hmm. what i mean that my grandparents but like if you just i mean whatever the trauma is but if you just go through the world being like yeah the, a woman i call you know like once a month uh uh they they like brought her family onto the streets and shot them and she had to see that and then like get hidden in a nunnery and like that didn't happen 800 years ago that happened like uh a few years you know what yeah, i mean like a few years ago yeah you're gonna fuck you get crushed under that reality and like yeah, your life suck. will be haunted by the prospect of it happening again and you'll never do anything fun you know you so got like, it you got to cry you got to crack jokes about that shit you have you have to you have to figure out some way to process that pain like in in one way or another it's the fucking weirdest thing man like to go back to the Chelsea lately, I had this joke uh, that I did on the panel there, and it was when Germany won the World Cup. So Germany won the World Cup, and that was one of the stories on the panel. And I cracked the joke. I was like, listen, I'm happy for Germany. Even as a Jew, I'm happy for Germany. I'm just glad they have something gold that they didn't rip out of my grandmother's mouth. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and like it, it, like it hit in the studio. Chelsea was laughing. Like everybody was laughing. And like, oh, right, cool, good joke. And then, like, uh, like a month later, I got a letter. There was a letter on my desk from the Anti-Defamation League who were, you know, the ADL who were, like, pretty fakakta in general. But, like, yeah. it's, they make it their business to look out for, they say, to look out for Jews in the media. Oftentimes, they're looking yeah. out for Israel and Jews who only support Israel. That's a whole other thing to get into. But it was a letter from them condemning my joke as the grandson of a Holocaust like survivor, survivor yeah. making fun of the fucking Germans, not making fun of my grandmother. Yeah. Like, so I have it framed. I <laughs> oh, no, no, that, was, that, was, that was my, that was my, that was my, that was my next question. You got, you, you have to frame that. You have Absolutely. to frame it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like, it's, it's like, you don't need stuff. to fucking come check me. I get to join, like, you know what I mean? Like if I want to deal with this generational trauma, I'm going to deal with it by cracking yeah, the Is that, you got, you got to deal with that shit, bro. For real, for real. All right. So now, this goes into our next segment, uh, where basically, since we I've given you a song to listen to about Chicano Batman, you know, I'm yeah. clean slate. Listen to that again. Shout out to Chicano Batman. It was great. Now I want to ask you for a song, it's something I'm going through that I need help with. Okay, um, oh, this is fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, in so quarantine, it feels like the country's opening up again, right? And while mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable, I still want I still want to stay in the house. Uh, I'm realizing not only do I have to leave and like, you know, just be a part of the world, but it's also just like, I've been doing a lot of shit in the crib. I've been writing a lot of shit, drawing a lot of shit, just trying to be like, just trying to keep active. And I think what's been scaring me a lot is that it's cute when you're doing stuff in the house, but when it's like, all right, now everyone's outside, you have to make these things actual, like you have to, how do you, to take the, I'm afraid of taking the uh, singular creativity I have now yeah and how do I, how do I take that and like i'm a, like, I'm worried about the pressure of spreading it to like the outside world oh so you're like you this thing you've been working on and now you have to like fucking pull the sheet off of it and like yeah i gotta pull it right, i gotta pull it's like, like, like i got i gotta go into the world and it's like right because right now it's like everything i'm doing like right now is like yeah all like like i i can control how people receive shit like it's like i've written some shit i'm drawing some shit i can all the feedback i get is when people like i reach out or whatever now it's like when i go back out into the world and shit people are going to talk to me and they're going to give me feedback in person. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for that shit, to be honest, or like being like, or like going like, Oh, like, yeah, it can be funny 
on a Zoom or whatever. But then it's like going back on stage and trying to say the same shit in front of all, in front of people. Like, yeah. God, that's a good. That's a fucking good call. It, it feels like be, audiences. Yeah. They've all been going through this as well. Like everyone's coming out of this changed. You know what I mean? Like, uh. All right, God, recommend a song for that. Let me let me think for a yeah, second. Yeah, because I feel like because I feel like right. In, the, in other words, I feel like Barney Rubble when he was singing "Soft Soap in the Shower." <laughs> And I was like, I gotta go out. I gotta go out in public and do that shit. Like, how the fuck do I do this shit, bro? Okay, I'm trying to think of like. Okay, okay. This is gonna take a second because you know so much about music that I want to make sure I recommend like a good song. I know, it don't, it don't, it don't, it don't matter, bro. Like, I like, I know shit about like, I like, I like listening to songs in different ways a lot like yeah i like being able to be like oh i listened to this song for a long time but now i got i got a new meaning out of it like what was the song i listened to recently that like what were you gonna say i got i think i got one for you oh yeah what's up yeah 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 and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna stay in the uh this sort of like hipster music from the from the late 90s early 2000s mode so the song is called uh styrofoam boots uh and then like a uh a, like a not a dash a fucking why am I, why is my brain blanking right now a slash i was called a slash a slash is it a slash i was called a slant it's like a, a slant a slash something is a very casual capital i a cool i yeah like the fun teacher like ap english teacher capital i um it's by Modest Mouse. It's it's the it's the very last song on the Moon in the Moon in Antarctica. I think the Moon in Antarctica. Uh, it's called Styrofoam Boots slash It's All Nice on Ice. All right. Um, all right. It's Good. one of my it's one of my favorite songs. Uh, and it's another one. I guess this has a lot in common with the LCD Sound System song. Is in that it's one song and then it hits a moment and it becomes another song. Um. God, I was wrong about the album. It's the Lonesome Crowded, Crowded West, of course. I heard. I always want, like, I always, because uh, every November I do this thing called No Rap November, and somebody yeah. always suggests Modest Mouse, and I never get to it. It's such a, it's, so, like, they hit a, they hit a turning point uh, around the time they, they got to that good uh, news for people who love bad news, which came out in, like, 2003, 2004, and that's when they signed with a major label and, like, kind of went, like, a little more commercial like they stayed themselves in a lot of ways but that's that like float on song came out you know oh, yeah. all right already will all float on which is like a very catchy good song but like before that they had some amazing albums the lonesome crowded west uh the fruit that ate itself uh the moon in antarctica with like some really beautiful songs they're from this town called issaquah washington which is like this like broke ass kind of like gutter town in washington and they made like very like and isaac brock the lead singer was like one of the most ruthless alcoholics like in, the, in like the history of indie rock which is like saying a lot not ruthless in that he like hit people but just like dude i went to go see modest mouse this band lasavi fav opened for him and modest mouse was headlining this was like mm, 2000 or something like that and uh the first band went up they were local i forget who they were then lasavi fav went up and did a great set and then, like, and then it took like an hour and a half, and Modest Mouse went up there, and their lead singer was like so fucking blackout drunk that like he screamed all the lyrics, and then like mm. it was just like not a good time. 
Also, in between uh, La Savi Fav and Modest Mouse, they just played the same five uh, Rod Stewart songs over and over again. <laughs> so you're standing there and your feet hurt, and they're like, you listen, to the young t- you listen to the Young Turks again and again. Right, exactly. And again. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, time is on your side. They got like kind of a bad reputation, but they fucking, their studio albums are just like so good and so full of heartbreak and so, like, and, and like, a lot of them are just like emotionally raw and like this song i mean i guess i connected to another breakup uh, which is that girl who when i was getting into the girl who made me get in the lcd sound system yeah when we finally broke up we finally ripped the band-aid off i for, i don't know why it wasn't a conscious choice but i was like attracted to this song and the part just hit just then mm. uh where it goes like the first part of the song is like kind of melancholy again like lcd like um and like then it hits this part where the drums come in and like and then they start saying like it's all nice on ice all right and like the drums come in it starts getting really propulsive and the pace starts picking up and everything and it's like i don't know it's like fucking coming out of like coming out of a cave a little bit it just felt Mm. like i've been like stewing in these juices for so long i've been like really fucking like letting the negative parts of my life like kind of take me over and the transition in that song like we literally like she broke up with me when i was at the airport she lived she had lived in portland and then moved down to la uh to live with me and then moved back up to portland and uh, to the beach you know she was like i we're not breaking up but i have to i, I just can't be in la i don't have any friends here totally reasonable by the way yeah very reasonable yeah completely reasonable and like i was at work all day anyway so fucking i mean god bless her uh and we finally broke up we like drove around southeast and we had like the talk and like cried and we finally broke up and it it hurt like so bad but it was also like a big relief like to have it finally done and like the part the way the song goes from being like introspective and melancholy to just like fucking slapping these drums and like it just felt like throwing off this fucking burden, you know? And mm, like, yeah. so for this, you've been inside, you've been working on it, you've been introspective, you've been like focusing all your attention inward. And like, now it's, you know, as as things are opening back up and you got to go out there, it's just time to fucking like, let those drums be real loud, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got to do that. Like, so you're, right. Yeah. you're right. Man. You're right. I get that. And it's, it's weird how like, Framing it as a breakup, I totally get that shit. My last breakup was on New Year's Eve, bro. Oof. I had like, Oof. and I was, and it was like, the, like it was just, uh, just thinking about that. But it's like, it was, it was hard. It's one of the toughest things I've ever had to ever had to do. But it was like just so necessary. It's to the point that like I remember like a year and a half later. Well, um, unfortunately, my ex was like, she like, because when we broke up, she was in remission, and then like when, and then after cancer came back. Oh my and, god! Um, yeah, so like she ended up she passed away in like April, as I said. But, oh, I'm like, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I appreciate that. But like in March or was it? No, it was in in January. We had a face to face conversation because I went to go see her because she was like you know super sick, yeah. and we were talking and she was just like yeah, the breakup was tough and it, but I understood why it had to happen, and um, I appreciate that like you were just kind to me about the shit and I appreciate you're here right now. And I was like, you know what? Those things are hard, but it's like for your growth, you can't, you can't, you can't be with somebody just for the sake of doing it. You have to, you have to focus can't. on your growth because like, that's how you end up resenting them. That's how you end up resenting them motherfucker. And you resent somebody and you stay with them and you have a baby and get married. Now that baby is just full of resentment. 
Yeah, you're loading them up with all your your mutual resentment. Absolutely. You have to like, man, that's what breaking up with someone sometimes can be like as hard as getting broken up with because at least you get to feel bad for yourself when you get broken up with, you know? Yeah, but when you break up, you're like, you, you are, you are the, you are the asshole. Like, you're like, this I'm, is, this is really sad. This is, and this it's is, my fault in a way. This is all my, this is all my fault. You're but it's never it's, your fault. It's like oftentimes, I mean, how often does like a breakup really blindside somebody? You know, like it's often, if you start looking back, you can really start to see like, Oh yeah, you, you, look, you look back and you're like, oh shit, this, this, this should have happened. I remember, I knew it was going to happen when like, I was getting a tattoo from like my, my like hometown artist, right? Yeah. And we were talking and he was just like, yeah. Is it one of those, like we were just, I was just talking about the relationship and stuff like that. And he was tattooing me super casual, super casual, looking down, you know, doing a tattoo. He's like, yeah. Sounds like one of those things where like you both want to break up, but you're afraid to break up because you don't want to hurt each other. And I was like, and I just, my jaw just like dropped. I was like, oh my God. So it had it had to happen. I remember my, one of my best friends, one of my best friends, she came to visit in my office. Yeah. She came to my office and I'm walking around talking to like, you know, my coworkers and stuff. And she sit, she's been there for 10 minutes and then everyone walks away and she looks at me. She's like, okay. So when are you breaking up with your girlfriend? And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, I've seen you. You're out here. Your chest, your, your chest hairs is out. What are you doing, bro? Break up. I was yeah. like, God damn. <laughs> Nick, you know, Nick, Nick, you, 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 Nick, you were there for that. You were there for that, right? <laughs> Nick was right there. <laughs> I remember because you know, because no, this is not this is not crazy. It was my friend. She was we were on the rooftop, and yeah. like all coworkers were sitting there, and my friends were sitting there. And um, I'll tell you what was after because it was so cool. But like, we were sitting there talking, you know, this, this that, and the third. And then she starts saying like, da, 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 I'm, I'm happy you're doing this, Tawanda. And then she pulls she pulls a blunt out of her pocket at my at my office, and just sparks it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's passes it around and then people start leaving people and my hr is just like i didn't see that so don't worry about that yeah yeah and yeah. everyone walks away and, and after that blunt comes out she said that's exactly what she says and nick was just nick was just there quiet like yeah she's got a point those people are yes, said it multiple times she said, right. she, said, she said it multiple times <laughs> Wanda, what, are you, what, what are you doing come on <laughs> no, I got fuck. I say, I say, it was Sam. It was Sam J. Sam J. was on. Sam. Sam oh, J. was on. Of course, of, of course. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, no, of course, yeah. Sam. Sam is like an otherworldly person. You know, like the fucking honesty with which Sam like confronts life is fucking amazing. You'll be like, you will find yourself in the middle of a very serious conversation three seconds after running into it. It's amazing. Yeah, she'll pull, she'll pull you to the side and whisper one thing to you and be like, wait, what? And then she'll just like break you, she'll break you down in ways that you did not expect to be broken down. And she'll walk yeah. away and have a totally fine, shallow conversation with somebody else. Yeah. And you're, sit, you're sitting there eyes wide. Like, what am and I And she'll doing? be like, walk, she'll walk away and she'll be like screaming about Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love Sam, man. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I met Sam J. Like, fucking for real, dude. Yeah, she was one. Of, no, she's one introduced to me. She's one introduced to me to you at Bridgetown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I wasn't it like an outdoor show? Or was yeah, it, no, it was. It was another. It was like it was an after. It was an after party. You were you were after DJing. Party. You were DJing. Oh, she was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, she yeah, was yeah. like, "Oh, you got me. You got me, Ian, bro." And that was crazy. I was definitely on Molly at that point, but like, yeah, yeah. I, think every, I think everybody was. But shout out to Portland for that. Portland was great. I love. I I have a love for Portland. Nick, you're, you're a British town too, right? Mm -hmm. 
So you know, so Portland, yeah, we were, so we all like love Portland, bro. That festival is so God, I miss it so much. I would love if like uh, I don't know, it could come back at some point. That would be so. Can we do it through so Zoom? Fucking nice. Can, yeah, can, do some, can we do some Zoom shit? Let's do <laughs> Zoom Town, man. We should do. It. <laughs> yeah, we should do Zoom Town. Oh my God. No, for real, for real. That's, that's not. It's not a bad idea. It's not a, a, it's Zoom, not a bad idea. A Zoom festival, shit. God, and we'll do the fucking DJing at those parties was like the most fun. I like ever had i remember because like because i'm from portland they would just let me do it uh at like if, at the after parties if i wanted to yeah. and i remember the first time i ever did it um it was like when the after party was in this big indoor outdoor space I, and like i was up there djing and like in my head i'm like I'm gonna play i'm gonna play some songs that everybody knows but then i'm also gonna like put some people onto some stuff that they haven't really heard before as though I were some sort of professional DJ who knew how to like beat match and like, okay, let me bring in, let me bring in all of a sudden, we're gonna fucking listen to this T-Rex song out of this Usher song. Like I was like slick or anything like that. And I was like doing that shit. And uh, the dance floor had like a couple people on it. And then everybody else was like at the sides of the wall, like it was a middle school dance. And Guy Branham came, came like dancing up and was like, you're trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can I, I, I can see him saying that. He probably said it in like the nicest, sweetest in the, way. In the nicest way, where I felt like somebody being clutched to my mother's bosom, kind of thing. But like he was like, put something people want to dance on. And I was like, I got you. And I put on like I want to dance with somebody. And then like as soon as I like ring, you know, and like like people like sprinted in and started dancing. And then I just like kept serving up. I was like, oh, I get, I fucking work at Shake Shack right now. All right, here we go. Here's <laughs> like your burgers. Here's your burgers. Here's your burgers. Here's your burgers. Like. <laughs> And it was like, and then you can like slip in some stuff where people get like really stoked. But like, I learned a valuable lesson that day where it's like, don't try to like, don't, don't like be cool when too cool when you're like DJing at a comedy after party. If you don't have the experience necessary to be cool when you're a DJ, you know? All right. I appreciate that. That's the, and that's the thing, the lesson of this podcast is don't try to be too cool. Just be, just be yourself. That's cool enough. Mm -hmm. So Ian, thank you so much for doing it. I really appreciate it. It was my uh, absolute pleasure. This I was love so it. fun, dude. Yeah, tell, tell people where they can find you online. Uh, at Ian Carmel on Twitter. I'm at Ian Carmel on Instagram. Um, when is this coming out? I don't know. Uh, All right. <laughs> if, if it's still on TV, watch Game On on CBS. And if not, go to CBS.com or the All Access app and watch yeah, it on the All Access app, yeah. And uh, uh, listen to All Fantasy Everything. All Fantasy Everything. Shout out to that show. I, I, no, I was on it. That shit was that. I, yo. That shit, I didn't realize when I did, after I did that shit, people were like nonstop on Twitter just be like, "Yo, here's my picks. Here are the grade. Here are the grades for your picks." Oh, like, we have oh we have we have a fake Mel Kiper. Yeah, and then like and then three other I forget to, a fake Todd McShay and like all these people. They did like they, people were just like, "Yo, you you pick, yo people on my people on my Instagram are just like, yo, I heard you on the podcast. You said this album. I love that album. Thank you so much. You got a fan for life.'" And I'm like, "Oh my god, dude! They're like they're a very passionate group. No, they're they know, they're, passionate they're a group. passionate, loving group." Yeah, I, lo I love that. Uh, also, Nick, thank you for being on it. Nick, uh, I said that like, we said that the moral of the story, the moral of the podcast was like, just be cool, be yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, can you do me a favor and be Tracy Morgan giving that advice? <laughs> that's, you know, that's the first thing I ever learned, you know, growing up. You just got to be yourself. <laughs> don't be anybody else. Yeah? You don't have to be cool or nothing. You know, you could be the last OG or the first OG. Just <laughs> <be yourself. laughs>
<laughs> oh my god thank you guys so much oh my god. that's been another episode of twanda's live request i love you all and we are done what's up with you what's going on let them know here prescribe you a song turn the volume up i suggest you to one live request welcome to brain machine network dot com